This is the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation. Welcome back to the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation. I'm Marty Wolf, and with me in the studio today is Mike McHale, and Mike is the CEO of PSA Systems. That stands for Production Systems Automation. Hi, Mike. Welcome back. Good afternoon, Marty. How are you doing today? We're doing another great podcast. How exciting. So our guest today, Mike, is Carl Voss, and he is the CEO of a company called Soft Robotics Incorporated. Soft Robotics Incorporated. There may be a clue there, but I think you're going to find this discussion really interesting. So, Mike McHale, why don't you introduce our guest? So, I'd like to introduce Carl. Um, as Marty said, he's a CEO of Soft Robotics. Um, Carl is an experienced CEO, demonstrated the history of leadership uh, in venture-backed startups and publicly traded global companies. And Soft Robotics, the overview of Soft Robotics, is Soft Robotics designs and builds soft robotic gripping systems and automation solutions that can grasp and manipulate items of varying size, shape, and weight, Hmm. uh, which is very interesting in the uh, automation space, especially in the food and beverage industry and cosmetics. And that's kind of where we're going to jump in here, Carl. And uh, why don't you give a little background on yourself, and then uh, you can move into Soft Robotics and tell us about your smart materials uh, that you're using on your grippers. Absolutely. Oh well, well. Thanks so much, Mike. So, uh, we'll, you know, thanks for a great introduction, and thanks for having me on the uh, the podcast. I guess my background is I've worked in a variety of jobs in in kind of what I call the intersection of technology and products. I always say if I can find great technology, create great products, and solve real problems, um, that's what kind of gets me up and gets me going in the morning. And I was approached in the spring of 2013 by a friend of a friend of uh, Professor George Whitesides at Harvard University. And Dr. Whitesides had a long history of inventing new technologies, founding companies, has founded a number of publicly traded companies worth over $20, $30 billion is kind of the, the sum of the market caps. And he said, look, I've got this unbelievable technology we invented as part of a DARPA project but I'm a chemist, and I'm thinking about is there is there a product roadmap here? And so I went into his lab under uh, strict non-disclosure agreements and got to put eyes on and hands on on the first soft robotics systems. And really, as the intro mentioned, it is it is how do you build robotic systems out of nothing but polymers, rubbers? And Professor Whitesides was an expert in soft materials, polymers. He was an expert in microfluidics. And what he found is if you built these composites of polymers of, of different rubbers and different layers and different angles, and you used um, hydraulics and pneumatics to actuate them, is you could build these very complex robotic systems without the traditional sensors, motors, drives, control systems. And being an electrical engineer, I looked at it and I said, wow, this is pretty amazing. Um, it's only been built in the lab. If we can actually get this to a manufacturability and industrial standard, I think we could solve this huge problem in robotics, which is, you know, the fancy word, Mike, is the dexterous grasping, or how do you get robots to pick something up like a human? And so that's what we did. We spent the next two and a half years trying to get the manufacturing down, get the materials done, uh, get the controls down. And so what we came up when we came up for air in, I'd say, mid-2015, we had a uh, a completely soft rubber hand, for lack of a better uh, 
better phrase, that you could bolt onto any robotic system out there, industrial robotic system, and just pick pick everyday items up. And so just as you mentioned is where variation has always been a barrier to robotic installations is now you could put using our technology, take a standard industrial robot and have it deal with all these highly variable items. And so we do a lot in bakery, like I said, you know, muffins, scones, packaging these items, a lot in produce, you know, apples, pears, avocados, all the way into consumer goods. But really, um, anywhere you've got high variability, things that vary in size, shape, weight, and are easily damaged, traditionally have not been addressable by robotics or not with a lot of time and money put into it. And now with soft robotics, you can solve those problems today. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a, a great background, Carl. I mean, you know, from the automation space for, for PSA, uh, that is a major issue when we go into, into any kind of food um, food locations is it's, it's, hard, it's hard to deal with uh, the cleanliness and um, the, hy- the hygiene issues. So uh, what about the hygiene issues on, your, on your, your tools? How do you deal with that? Yeah, so super important question, and that's one of the benefits of being a, a material science-based solution is when you go into food, you've got to be able to have wash down, make sure you can clean these things. They're, they're governed by the, the FDA, the USDA in Europe, the European Commission governs it. And what we we made a decision pretty early in the company is because we're made out of polymers, we made a decision to look at all surgical grade materials. And so today our, uh, our end of arm tools are made out of surgical grade polymers, surgical grade materials. We actually manufacture in a medical device manufacturing environment. And so we can ensure the greatest level of cleanliness. So it's important when our customers say, how do I know I can clean this? We have cleanliness protocols. And they say, how do I know these materials are safe? We have the certifications of the US FDA and the European Commission to show full traceability of materials. And I think that's really important. Uh, just as you said, when you're talking to those food customers, they want to know that they're not going to introduce any bacteria. They're not going to have a listeria or a salmonella outbreak. And at the end of the day, it's going to be cleanable and safe. And that's that's been a huge benefit of having this polymer-based technology. Wow, that's uh, that's that's really remarkable because I know for, for any tools that we would design, um, that's a real challenge, coming up with the right materials, the right way to process the goods. Um, so, you know, what kind of challenges are you seeing in the business right now? Getting, you know, rolling out um, adoption of the technology, integrations, you know, just like PSA, are you finding integrator problems, personnel problems? What are the biggest challenges? Yeah, I think um, the biggest challenge is, um, you know, as you said, the integration problems is, you 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 great companies like PSA out there, you understand the space, you're having discussions with these customers, you're helping them understand the importance of cleanability, the reality of bringing automation in. And what we're finding is the majority of the, the automation industry has been centered really around automotive and electronics for so long is there's this weird disconnect where you have customers, big food and consumer goods customers who are, they need automation. We interact with them on a regular basis, but they don't know where to go after that. So getting them pointed to a great company like PSA is, is really important in making sure that that journey happens and making sure that they don't have a, a bad experience, that they get hooked up with a great integrator like yourself. They get they get the good advice and, and they get the line started. And I think it's where the robotics industry is now behind the market a little bit, where the market needs robotics, but the experience for the majority of the market that's been focused on 
automotive and electronics just isn't up to speed on on these new industries. Yeah, that's a that's a great point because the one issue that we run into a lot, and there's a, a couple of customers where they might have had a bad experience ten years ago with automation, um, where they were probably tried to be early adopters, and those adopt those adoptions kind of failed, and now they're they're so gun shy to try new things uh, because of the failure. Um, so it's so it's getting those people over the finish line. I, I think that's probably the biggest barrier if you if you think about what the opportunity is for automation is then the the industry in the US has been really built upon automotive and the automotive industry is what 450 billion you think about the grocery market is over a trillion wow. and there's all, there's very little robotics in there so if we can figure out how to really solve for the the labor shortage in food and the grocery supply chain we could have a, del- a robotics market that's twice the size of automotive but we got to make sure that those customers are having good experience and and they're not getting burned as as just as you mentioned I've seen as well. So this is Marty. Um, so I'm picturing a sales call. <laughs> so so you're calling on some executives in uh, let's say the food industry. I, I, this has to be shown, does it not? I mean, how do you do you, uh, actually bring a piece of equipment with you? Do a video like run me through what a sales call looks like. Again, I'm a novice. Mike is more familiar with this, but run me through a sales call, what this would look like. Yeah, great question, because, you know, the other barrier, uh, you know, to to tag on to Mike's previous question is believability. And so this has been a major bit of work in robotics is is this dexterous hand um, for, for decades. And you have people out there, really smart people, Jeff Bezos, a couple months ago said, oh, it's 10 years before we can have a dexterous hand. Um, and so when we say, oh, we've solved this problem, let's, let's get going, there's a lot of skepticism. Mm. And so what you would normally do is show a video, right? Mm. But back to, you know, another thing Mike just said is the the industry has been burned by highly uh, orchestrated dem- robotic demo videos. And so this is really a, a show me in person um industry right now, especially when you're talking about things like food mm-hmm. or high mixed consumer goods. And so a lot of what we do is we we say, hey, ship us your product or bring your product in and we'll run it in front of you. You can see it run on the machines, live, in mm-hmm. person, and then you can make the decision on whether or not you can move forward. And so I've talked to some big companies who are like, well, I've been burned because I saw a video or I bought a robot. Um, we got approached by a company last week. He's like, "Look, we're we're suing the robot manufacturer to take the robots back because it didn't it didn't work." Um, and so, you know, the the short answer, uh, the long way to a short answer is, we have robots running in our facility. Uh, we we do do videos on request, but at the same time, as we have an open door policy, we'll have any customer in any time to uh, to see their their actual product run on our our robots before we move forward in the sales process. Carl, you're based in Massachusetts, is that correct? We are. We're just out of Boston in Bedford, Massachusetts. Beautiful. And your website is softroboticsinc.com, is that correct? That is correct. Thank you. softroboticsinc.com. And so Mike McHale is with me. I'm Marty Wolf. What's on your notes there, Mike? You're prepared. What do you got next? You know, I want to want to jump on what Carl just said about um, testing product in the lab. They do have a, a great lab for testing products. I've been there several times, um, being able to send product to them, see videos, or even just jump on their website. I mean, what's what's really interesting about what Carl's doing is 
some of his apps engineers will run out to the grocery store and say, yeah, we want to pick up mushrooms today and throw mushrooms onto their, their, their test rig. Mm. And they're picking up mushrooms in 20 minutes. It's great. It's, <laughs> it's really, uh, it's a really powerful tool. So I, I hope as the adoption goes on, you know, we could end up with more and more, um, more and more installs. Uh, it's just a little slow. Yeah. A little slow on that uptake. So you mentioned uh, that the little company called Amazon. So, um, so they do, they ship just about everything I can think of. But you've been talking a lot about food. What are the other real categories, other industries uh, that uh, is a, of interest or you already have some success in? So we, um, we really look at three different industries. We talk about food, uh, consumer goods, and then um, retail logistics, e-commerce. And so um, we started out really focused on when the company started back to the, uh, the beginning is we, we were really focused on collaborative, which we thought was an exciting space where you would need a safe, um, adaptive grasping system. And all of a sudden the, the phone just kept ringing about food, food, food. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really appreciate this huge unmet need in, in food automation. And so at one point about 90% of our business was in food. Um, today it's about 60%. Um, and about 30% is in retail logistics. So that could be e-commerce or traditional store replenishment. And then about 10% is in um, consumer goods with consumer goods continuing to grow. But it's it's that variation problem. And just as you think about, you know, there's infinite variation in packaging apples is the average big box retail store um, that you might go to on the weekends has 250,000 items in inventory. And the challenge is what they have in inventory today as they're getting ready for Halloween is mm. going to be different from what they have inventory in November, what the inventory is looks like in April when we're getting ready to go out on spring break, and then think about back to school or over the summer in July and August. And so it's it's almost this infinite problem. And what we've been able to show is that, that our system, um, software robotics technology, without a lot of complex uh, training, expensive systems, complex software work can, can handle a significant um, size of those items. You know, you know, that's a, that's a good, good, good segue into machine learning and some of the software that you're working on for bin picking, random picking to, to really solve that warehouse problem. And, and that's a really exciting space for me. And, and I'm always interested to see what you guys are uh, working on. And once you, can you uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, that part of the business that you're focusing on? Yeah, absolutely. And so we um, decided to, and this is going to sound crazy, but we, we started looking at this bin picking, this 3D problem that you see in e-commerce and retail uh, a couple years ago. And we were like, oh, well, we'll use off-the-shelf machine vision. There's very good machine vision uh, companies out there. And what we found is um, all of those systems were designed for either suction cups or rigid graspers, which were you have always been the way robots pick things up. And what we found is if you have a, a gripper a, that, that makes the problem 10 times easier, so using a soft robotics gripper makes the problem 10 times easier or makes the robot 10 times more capable, then the machine vision becomes 10 times easier too. And you can be 10 times faster. And so we made a strategic decision at the company to build our own vision system from the ground up. And so today we do the, that retail e-commerce logistics, 3D bin picking with a vision system we built in-house around those 10x capabilities of the gripper system. And we are um, 
working on everything from picking up uh, apparel and plastic bags. If you think about how crazy that is, everything from socks to T-shirts to winter coats wrapped in plastic, uh, we can handle those. Um, to standard e-commerce orders, to grocery. And the great thing there is we don't have to do all that complex vision. We don't have to do the the deep neural networks and spend all that money and slow it down and make it a very expensive solution. Because once again, that, that gripper that's 10 times capable really changes the, the vision problem that you, you have to address. So our guest, again, is Carl Voss. Uh, Softrobotics.inc.com is the website. They are also on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn and Instagram. So if you want to follow up with even more information, you can go there. And I think it's just under at Soft Robotics Inc. So Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So go back to your notes, Mike. While I'm looking here and talking, you fill in. And, and another, another thing, Carl, I'd like to, uh, to, to have you uh, talk about a little bit is, is your personnel and the team that you're building, why you buy the, why you're building the team. Um, you know, I'm always amazed by the type of personnel that you have in and around the company and the culture. Um, but tell us a little bit how you're trying to do that, how you're doing and how are you getting people, how are you getting young talent interested in what we do? No, it's, it, 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 it's a great question. And I think it's one of these things that I had this ongoing conversation with some folks and they're like, no one wants to work in manufacturing. And I'm like, right. If you go to a, uh, you know, a, a, a go getting engineer or you go to a, you know, a recent college graduate and you're like, Hey, do you want a manufacturing job? They're kind of like, um, not so much. It's like, but do you want to work on vision guided robots? And everybody's like, yes, like I absolutely want to do that. And so for us, I think it is, um, you know, we're in a tough job market just because Boston, it, it's really, really hard to compete. Um, there's a little company called Amazon Robotics right up the street from us. They share a parking lot with Universal Robots. Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> there's, no so, comp- uh, there's no competition there. And so, you know, we're not going to be able to compete with them on paying benefits <laughs> as a small company, but really to come in and say, look, you could you could be involved in a really awesome technology. You can work with really great companies like a PSA to go out and change the way robots are being used to do the things that people just haven't done before that aren't being done. And I think when you do that, you get people that that's what drives them is people who are driven by solving the hard problem. And so we've got a full mix of mechanical engineers, software engineers, electrical engineers, um, a great applications group. We've got six applications engineers that are out every day working with integrators and end customers and starting systems up. And I think it's finding everybody that's kind of driven by that, hey, we're going to do something that's never been done before um, mentality. Yeah, I definitely have to applaud you. You, you do have a just a great um, cast of characters there in the company, in the office, from the apps to doing sales calls. Everybody's just so professional. So I, I definitely have to Thanks. applaud you. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, in a matter of fact, we kind of we're going down the same path, Mike and I. Because I see you have a vice president of talent and culture. So, so yes. that's the title. Like uh, Patty is still there. I'm not sure, but vice president of she, talent yeah. and culture. That's interesting. Yeah, and I think that's important because I think the, the that title uh, I, I chose intentionally because I didn't want it to be you know HR. Right. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, you, you hire people, you onboard them, yeah. you do I nines. Um, it, it's more about you know, driving, driving the culture, finding people that are going to going to be a fit, finding people that kind of understand that, you know, it's 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 a great business, but it's a startup business. And we're out blazing new trails. We're going into places 
um, that robots have never been before. We're <laughs> we're challenging the status quo of, hey, Jeff Bezos says it's 10 years before robots can pick things up like a human. And I'm like, no, it's, it's now and you have mm. to go in there. And so um, that's a perfect example of we didn't hire a, an HR person. Yeah. Um, we hired somebody that we re- really wanted to be the uh, help us hire the right people and get that right at- attitude in and keep the culture moving in the right direction. Hire the right people and also find the right customers. I'm going to go deeper on something both of you have been talking about. Again, I'm the non-expert in the room, so some of these things might sound a little stupid to you guys, but allow me. Uh, under In your system, the soft robotic system, in the second paragraph, it says this. Our fully integrated system is ready to plug and play with the robotics equipment you already have in place. So explain that to me. Absolutely. So this is a a really interesting aspect of the technology that um, is non-obvious. And, and, you know, Mike, please chime in uh, if you want to, where traditionally getting a robot set up to pick things is takes a lot of time and a lot of effort because I've got to create a vision model. I have to know the exact size, shape, weight, the center of gravity. I've got to know all of this about the items I'm picking up. Whereas with soft robotics, we don't need to know any of that, which is the big game changer is the, the material science does all of the hard work that we've traditionally used for these 3d models and the programming and the bank, the computers to do all these calculations. And so the example I'll give you is we got contacted by a baby food company who said we need to sort sweet potatoes um, by size. So we use a certain size sweet potatoes that go into our um, processing for, for baby food. And I said, okay. And they said, but we haven't been able to do it because we haven't been able to pick up a sweet potato. And I said, okay, this doesn't sound hard. He said, no, no, Carl, you don't understand. They're, they're different sizes. They're different shapes. They have these weird, weird shapes to them. And the whole time, I think he thought I was kidding because I'm like, yep, no problem, no problem, no problem. He said, so if you could just do this, you know, do this testing for me um, and let me know if you can do it. And I said, well, I can tell you right now we'll do it, but we'll do the testing for you and we'll send you a video, real-time video with all the metrics. And he said, great. And just as Mike said earlier, um, we sent a guy down to the grocery store, literally that day. Um, hey, Ben, can you go to the grocery store and buy a bag of sweet potatoes? We came back. We set it up. We ran it on an industrial packaging robot in about 45 minutes. And mm, so powerful. that is completely disruptive. So powerful. Completely disruptive. That really is. That's great. Any, any time in the past, that would have been weeks worth of work to try to figure out how to run the vision system. Uh, we got to pick it up a vacuum, mechanical. That would be brutal. That's why yeah. it wasn't done. <laughs> That's why it wasn't done. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what are we not covering, Carl? We need to start wrapping up. So what point do you want to drive home or points in, in the next minute or two? Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's the, the biggest thing um, I'll say is, you know, for, for folks that are, are, you know, maybe you're a, a manufacturing engineer or you're a manufacturing executive or just executive thinking about robotics is, is get in touch with a PSA, get in touch with the Soft Robotics Incorporated, is, is start that journey. Um, because as we've been talking about over the last couple of years, the, the problems in, in manufacturing aren't going away. They're just going to get more difficult every year. And um, the, the sooner you start with a great team, like Mike has at PSA, uh, the better positioned you're going to be uh, going forward. Great. The PSA Podcast is a production of PSA Systems. You can find them at psasystems.com. 
Our guest today is Carl Voss, and he is the CEO of Soft Robotics, Inc. Their website is softroboticsinc.com. Carl, thank you so much for being our guest on the PSA Podcast. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much.